Like, there's no, if you look at any successful person or any successful organization or any successful entity of any kind, it started with a thought. That's mm -hmm. it. No dollars, <laughs> no money in the bank, you know, unless you're pre-funded by, you know, a, a trust or whatever. But even then, I mean, really, you're, you're, you're borrowing money from, from something that the, the business is starting at zero. Welcome to the Build Your Practice podcast, where we're teaching you what they didn't teach you in graduate school. Build a thriving practice, impact your community, and change the field of mental health for the better. Enjoy. Welcome to what? Build Your Practice Fireside Chat 2023? Yeah. What are we calling it? I mean, is this, maybe this goes on the podcast as well. Um, I guess to start off this conversation, uh, I was thinking we can, we, we recorded one in the beginning of 2022. Now it's first quarter, end of first quarter, 2023, there's a lot to talk about, about what's happened since then. Um, but also, I mean, we, I think we'll, we'll get into some uh, good topics as well. So anyways, Wyndon, how, how are you? How's the day? Uh, the day's great. I'm sitting here thinking how funny it is that now we have microphones in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> no, our, our, uh, we've definitely upgraded the, uh, the stack, upgraded the, uh, Equipment in the past couple of uh, 100%. months, which is cool. If everybody could see what we're looking at right now, it's much yeah, different than Texas. <laughs> yeah, and it'll get better. We're uh, we're we're bootstrapping with some uh, some crazy lamps and uh, a table <laughs> behind us for the microphones. But you know, for the for the for the interim, it should make for some uh, for some good content. So it's that's cool. What I'm hoping. Yeah. So uh, I guess why why are we here in uh, Kennett Square, Pennsylvania? <laughs> Um, what are we doing? Uh, uh, we're changing counselor education. We're changing. We're changing the field of mental health. One hundred percent. That's what we're yeah, doing. We are. Yeah, slowly but surely, quicker than you uh, might think in in years and decades. But um, we're making some big some big changes. Um, well, yeah. Let's let's talk about. I mean, we were talking about in twenty twenty two helped so many clinicians get like amazing results and build a practice and transition out of agencies onto onto their own. Um, do you want to talk about a little bit what's transpired since then? Because I think our thinking has evolved since uh, 2022. I think in the beginning, we had this vision of like, oh, we're just going to help therapists get started, right? We're going to help people um, lower that fear filter mm -hmm. and then do the thing that they're afraid to do, but that will benefit them. And I think one of the things that's happened for us in this organization is we've sort of like zoomed out and we see the ripple effect, right? So now it's become this like macro mission. And the mission is that as we see each one of these people that we work with grow and expand in such incredible ways, like beyond just a sole proprietorship, single person, private practice. But now we're working with group practices. Now we're working with people who are creating these really incredible ways of generating passive revenue and impacting population mindset and culture that this like wow factor has happened for us. And now the mission is to get into systems and to start to change at the big level what has kept the field like so sick and disastrous for so long mm -hmm. yeah i think we've just it's kind of the snowball effect of our own growth and our own recognition of how far this goes is to is to kind of continue expanding and serving more people um 
And yeah, like to recognize, I mean, one of the things we were talking about our last, we had our last in-person summit, brought a bunch of clients down and we're talking about, you know, really it's, it's leadership in communities and it's individual communities, but that is what, you know, the country is made of is all these individual communities. And there's leaders who decide to make a change, provide, um, provide services, provide opportunities and jobs for other people. And, you know, that we can be really, really impactful in helping to empower them, to empower others. Um, and, you know, when we started this, like three years ago in the midst of COVID, <laughs> um, you know, even since then, we've just seen such a such a growth in demand for mental health services. And in tandem with that, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are, you know, they've got coaching programs or they've got courses and stuff to try and help clinicians because the business skill set is still not really <laughs> there for the vast, vast majority of clinicians. And um, it's it's marry, marrying those two things for the purpose of helping other people to create organizations that are going to serve their communities at the highest level. And, and we've kind of realized and built out models for how people can do that at, at scale, right? Um, but it's... I'm reflecting just a lot, you know, in terms of how far we've come. We're we're planning out the vision of a year or five years from now, but um, really also thinking there's so many things in the background of how the education system is actually changing. The fact that everybody wants what we have is a, a recognition of the the kind of new changing way in which people learn and develop their own skill sets. Um, we really can have this huge major impact in the next five, 10 years. And I think, um, you know, you and I, I think are a lot aligned in a lot of ways in that it's, we, I, th I think we're both much more missionary than mercenary in that it's much more about the mission and the passion and the, what we can create than it is necessarily about the money. I mean, I think the money comes as a consequence of doing that really well. Um, but I don't know, I, I think and I, I reflect on how much craziness has happened in the past year or two years. And I think it's only going to get crazier. And I'm I'm here for it because, like, I, I think what we're doing is something really incredible and exciting and big. Yeah. I mean, you said something, you've said so many things where I'm like, oh, that, 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 that. But the thing that's really sticking in my mind is you brought up the pandemic and how there's this huge boom in the field of mental health in terms of people seeking services like we know that there's no question that more people than ever have reached out for help but that is also happening at the same time as another key data point which we don't really talk about which is there are more people leaving the field of mental health right now mm -hmm. than are entering it and the only thing that hasn't changed looking at that data at that number set, is how we educate our counselors. So KCREP accredited programs still do not teach but business education. There isn't a single clinician who learns anything about paneling with insurance, what that paperwork looks like. They know how to write the note, but there's no other administrative back-end education that happens in these programs. And there isn't anything around entrepreneurial skills, marketing, accessing communities. Like there's there's this black box that mm -hmm. nobody opens and nobody looks at. 
And then everyone, including the New York Times and the Washington Post, are like, wow, this is like a mental health crisis. I wonder mm -hmm. what's going on. Yeah, I think people don't understand the reality that we all have money as part of our life. And you have to make money in order to continue doing what you're doing. And so for all of the health profi uh, professions, money is extremely tied to the outcomes of the, the individuals participating in those systems. Because if they don't have enough or if the job is something that they're not going to be able to maintain for the long term, they won't be there to be able to serve people uh, at the highest level. And it's, it, it's, it's, it is such a weird thing in education how many teachers and administrators are completely outside and divorced from the realities of business or just systems or, or insurance or government in the real world and how this, these services are actually administered. Um, but it, it's, a, it's many times people that are completely green kind of going out into the world and trying to figure it out for themselves with a lot of resources and, and I would say culture that also tries to hold them back and shame them for, uh, for a lot of the, the growth that they try and undertake. I, I don't know why I haven't thought of this until now, and I, I've shared this story a million times, but I just had this light bulb go off. The first three words of my graduate education that I heard this is my first lecture. The first, do you know what the first word was that I heard in graduate what? school? Money. So the first word I ever heard, I can't believe I never thought of this until now. I remember that moment. Money, sex, and God. Dale Michaels. <laughs> As In the counseling profession, these are three places where you're going to, where, where like the deepest psyche, right, is going to show up. And so this is where your work is going to be. And that's the last time that we talked about money. Mm -hmm. That was it. That was the first and last time that the, the, the word came up. But to add on to your point, something that I talk about in our mindset call with Build Your Practice participants is that money is the only element, the only life-sustaining element that we have to interact with pre and post, like pre-birth, post-mortem. So prenatally, there's already this dialogue happening about money and how to afford the child and what blah, 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 like that starts. You're not even here yet. Mm -hmm. And then post-death, people are still talking about your money. But there's no other element that we have to engage with, like oxygen, water, food, clothing, shelter. Mm -hmm. Money's the only thing that extends beyond our, our actual physical lifetime here. But in a clinical setting, we never talk about it it's like mm -hmm. I, I still i don't get it i don't get it yeah it's strange um and it's strange it's such like an entrepreneurial society like the united states is um that this isn't discussed at the the college level or just even i think culturally that there's such a kind of uh poo-pooing on talking about money because um how many hundreds of millions of Americans could be better off if they had honest and real conversations about the money, where the money is flowing, where their money is going, and ways to increase their value and provide higher quality services to other people? Um, yeah, I would say it's that. And then also, I think the deeper, I think sort of like what's below the iceberg that we see above the surface, like the deep iceberg piece that keeps all of this in motion is the psychology behind that. So, you know, we just, 
did a couple of, um, you know, transitioned some people out of the front end program. And every single person that we've spoken to over X period of time at Build Your Practice has said the biggest flex for them in terms of their growth and success in their endeavor to be entrepreneurial is shifting their mindset around money. So looking at what did the world teach me? Uh, what did my family system do around money? What does my culture tell me about money? And how does that keep me limited? And in the clinical space, it's like it, it, it's there's almost a shame that shows up in the room when you decide that you want to earn and want to have a self-sustaining living. I mean, we have providers that we work with report to us that they have told their friends and colleagues that they're going into private practice and they're leaving the insurance industry and the racket of all of it and the agency work and their and their friends and colleagues shame them for wanting to not I mean not even like make millions of dollars but mm-hmm. just a sustainable income and it's mm-hmm. so you know, years into this, working with you and working with everyone that we've, we've, you know, had the pleasure to engage with, I still, like, I'm still constantly picking my job off the ground. Like, wow, I don't understand it. (laughs) Well, I think that's maybe a good, good thing to talk about is like, what does it take to grow, you know, and, you know, reflecting on the last time we we had our little fireside chat, we've grown a lot, like a lot. (laughs) Um, and we're facilitating so much growth, you know, in the clinicians that we work with. And it's hard. Um, and I think you kind of talked about a reason that it's hard is there might be friends and family or colleagues that are not cheering for you and want you to stay in the place that you're at currently. Do not want you to take risks. Do not want you to make a change to your life situation. Um I think there's there's so many reasons that it's really really difficult to grow, um, but but I think this might be a good a good topic is uh, even just talking about within us and, and our journeys how we've had to continue to grow because I I feel like every day <laughs> there's there's challenges that are that are thrown at me um, yeah. and you get the opportunity to look at it as opportunities for growth and opportunities for learning new skills and continuing to work on managing your own emotions. Um, or you get to look at it as, as something that's holding you back and breaks you and reasons that you can't make it or succeed, mm. you know, but, um, but I guess, you know, kind of going all over the place, but where, do you remember where we were January of 2022? We were in Austin. We were in Austin. Were we in, I think it was like you, me, was Linda there? Linda was there. She was part-time. And as a Greg, mm-hmm. who worked like four hours a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now we have nine total people, mm-hmm. including us. Yeah. And how many, I mean, you know, we're in a, another moment of transition. So, but we've got, I mean, almost everyone on our team is a full-time person or very close to full-time hours. Mm-hmm. Um. And in terms of just growth and impact, God, I mean, it's like, because I think, I think what people maybe don't always realize is that not only are we, are we teaching and training these clinicians 
mindset and entrepreneurship, but their families are impacted. The quality of life that they experience with their children improves um, and their spouses and partners. Um, the way that they show up for their work and their investment in their work and how enthusiastic and excited they are to show up and work with people and to help them. It's not, I've got to go to work, i got to do my clinical note, I'm burned out, I'm exhausted. I get to leave work and I can leave work at work so that my time out of the office is time spent in enjoyment and not in, in recovery mode because I'm trying not to burn out. Like that's, that you know what that does? That actually extends someone's lifespan, literally. Like we know mm -hmm. that, that's not even arguable. That's mm -hmm. pure raw science. So I just like, I don't even know, like there's so much data that we could collect on like what the impact of this process has been um, and I don't know that we'll ever fully be able to capture it, but it's pretty awesome when we think about where we were in January of 2022 and where we are now. Yeah. It's March of 2023. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I heard that before it's, you know, bringing new people onto the team. It just doesn't necessarily mean that, that things are growing, but it often is correlated with the growth of, you know, I think the biggest thing is we've transitioned kind of from like a, a business to a real company, you know, and I think it's those real companies or organizations that have the capacity to make major systemic change. Mm -hmm. um, and totally growing seven new people that we've added in, in 14 months, I mean, probably going to be eight sometime soon, um, is I think emblematic of the vision of what we want to create over the course of the next several years. Um, and it's, it's like, we're having to continue to transform where our time is going, our own skill sets, our own mindsets at every single stage of this journey. And I, I, I'm imagining it's only going to get harder <laughs> yeah. as we continue to grow, but, uh, it's, it's incredible to see what this looks like at scale. Um, yeah, and I, you know, that word harder, I think sometimes people hear it and there's a fear response. Like, I don't want it to get harder. If I'm going to grow, I want it to get easier. And in some ways, it does. Like, the things that you and I were doing to get our bachelor's degree, right? We look back at that work and we're like, that was nothing compared to how then we advanced to a master's degree and then looking at the potential of a doctorate. It's like, things get harder, but it's it's like an awesome kind of, it's like an awesome kind of difficult, right? It's like as your skill advanced in soccer to become D1, right? Yes, it was harder. And at the same time, it was also, um, you know, part of what came with the joy of getting to Division One, right? So I think it's, yeah, it gets harder, but it also, you know, I think there's equal reward and measure which is really the foundation of what we what we do here mm -hmm. yeah and I, I i think also for the word harder i don't necessarily mean that as a bad thing it's like it's challenging it's it's challenging to do things that you've never done before um it's challenging to continue to go into uncharted territory and it's not to say no one's ever done something similar before but um to do it for the first time for yourself is a very difficult thing mm -hmm. but it is where it's the most rewarding because you can look in the mirror at the end of the day and say like 
I, I did that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that is, that is incredible, I would say, for confidence building is your ability to look at those challenging things, do them anyway, and get past them and move to the next thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's all that this, this road is built on. But, I mean, I, I, I recognize that there's just so much more growth. Like, I, I know for me, like in last year, um, there's a lot of just just things that happen in working with people, with, with hundreds and hundreds of people. There's going to be negative situations that come. There's going to be tons of positive situations that come. But my ability to take on quote-unquote negative emotions, like process it and get back to a neutral level and continue to do the work that I need to do has gotten so much better. And that was a, that was a huge stumbling block for me. It's, But it's oftentimes what's harder is you're doing the work that you are the most afraid to do or that is the scariest to you, that becomes more and more the work that you need to do to continue to grow. And I think that's where people can get stuck is they stay doing the quote-unquote hard work of the stuff they like to do, but doing more of the things that are not so fun (laughs) is where a lot of the growth um, comes from. At least that's that's what I've seen so far. No, 100%. I mean... I would say, again, that's another sort of tenant of, of the mindset calls and the group calls is, like you and I talk about this, and we talk about this with our clients uh, or participants at BYP, it's, um, it's like, look, the business is a mirror, right? And so this thing is constantly reflecting back at you. It's like pinging, like ping, sending all of these signals mm-hmm. that you can either decide to pick up or ignore and and I think there's some um, like tenure that comes with that right like okay this is something that keeps coming at me I need to put a plan into place I need a strategy to address it or this is something that I can address right now like there's a sort of cadence and a rhythm that you start to to build as as a as a as a business owner um, but yeah I you know I will say you and I collectively and as individuals have gotten so much more comfortable with facing the uncomfortable it doesn't make it easy mm-hmm. but i'm just thinking along the lines of when you said hey do you remember where we were in january of 2020 i'm thinking about different learning curves that we went through with participants and different ta- challenges that we faced in the business and it was really trying at times we had some very like nerve draining moments but we held ourselves accountable to address these issues. And what has happened as a result is a much more salient product because we had kind of had to like pull up our bootstraps and do some, you know, I was going to say dirty work, but not dirty work, like just uncomfortable stuff. It's mm-hmm. so much easier to be like, well, everything's okay. But, but I think the business has become so much more sustainable and enjoyable to work in um, because we're constantly attacking all of these um, problems that pop up from the mindset. Okay, we're you know like we're only going to grow from this. You know, I'm trying to think like what are some of the things that people right now? Here's a good question. Like, what's a message that um, you really wish the world knew or understood um, based on your slash our slash our collective experience here at BYP? 
you can change your own circumstances dramatically in the course of one to three years. Um, I, I think like my experience in this business has been complete transformation in, you know, three years. But I think with everyone that we work with, it happens faster and more consistently. The economic situation, um, and, and that can lead into, we were talking about family situation, um, the mindset, the belief, the confidence of who you are in the world can transform entirely in the course of 12 months or sooner. But I think if you give yourself like three years of time, um, almost any transformation is possible within your life, like to the to the highest extent, you know? Yeah. And, yep. and it's kind of like, I would want to give more per- people permission that that is possible for their own life. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm also going to say that even if they aren't quite at the result or outcome of what they would hope to see at that three-year mark, all of the systems and all of the processes and the road is built and it's paved. So you're already going down the highway, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking about this on a call with some clients a bit ago, but all that building a business is is a series of really, really small steps, and you just have to take 100,000 of them (laughs) over the course of, like, many years Mm -hmm. to build something really, really big, you know? Mm -hmm. To build your own caseload, it's it's not quite as, as extensive. It's the same thing, though. It's one foot after another, getting all of the steps in and doing the next thing a little bit faster so that you can get more steps in. That's all that building a business is. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can get into the habit of figuring out the next thing you need to do and doing that and doing that consistently over the course of years, it is incredible what what comes through. And that's all from the book, The Slight Edge, you know, and mm-hmm. Atomic Habits and all this stuff is mm-hmm. there's this compounding interest that comes into play when we continue to do the right things for a very long period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll also add to that, um, and I think I've learned that here at the center and I've learned that with BUIP so many times over is it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be a step that is as close to your best in the right direction, right? So like, Right now we're recording from what we call headquarters here, which is the last of the three suites that we've built out. And it's nowhere near finished, right? It's like, ah, the artwork is decent. It's like a decent setup, but it's not the complete vision. But the momentum is already building because we 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 didn't stop at, oh, it's not perfect. Like perfectionism mm-hmm. becomes procrastination to that one to three year vision. So I think that, you know, what I'll add on to that is, um, taking any kind of action versus no action at all is it's 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 the thing that is between you and success yeah that that really is it isn't it it's just the ability to take action Mm -hmm. um yeah and and to work on the right things is important but where most people get stuck is just not taking any action, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing that's going to move them towards what they actually want to build. People can do a lot of stuff to continue to stay in survival mode, but mm-hmm. getting out and building towards something bigger 
is is often very hard because there's so much fear wrapped up around the next thing. Like, what if it's not perfect? What if it's not good enough? What if I do all this work and I get nothing? Um, but if you are willing to just do work, you'll get something and you'll learn from it and then you can improve for the next thing. Like, you start, you always will start with an imperfect thing that you can make more perfecter the more you do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Something that I teach in every single group or mindset call is every single business started at zero or in a deficit. Like there's no, if you look at any successful person or any successful organization or any successful entity of any kind, it started with a thought. That's it. Mm -hmm. No dollars, no money in the bank, you know, unless you're pre-funded by, you know, a, a trust or whatever. But even then, I mean, really... You're 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 borrowing money from from something that the the business is starting at zero. Yeah, I heard something from this entrepreneur that I like a lot, and he was talking about how every business when they start out, they're in this kind of embryonic stage, right? And you can see a little founding team, or you can see the person as they're they're putting up their website and you have no idea what that thing is going to turn into down the line. The predictive power is is very low to see what this can actually turn into because there's there's a thousand decisions that you're then going to open up in the future for how you build it. But I, I was thinking about, we were talking about, you know, we help people with the websites and we do a lot of advertising. Like we, we build a lot of the stuff and work with them and you know, we've built this service where we're really on the team with them, right? But it didn't start that way. It started that way. It started as let's put up some videos. We're going to teach people the business fundamentals. I remember recording videos on revenue minus expenses equals profit. And it was like, and for many people that watched it, they're like, this was so insightful, you know? And it was very much fundamental, you know, business videos. But it's transformed into so much more because we've listened to people and worked with them to forge this thing that people want. And, you know, and so the people here, what we have, like, that sounds amazing. It's because like, I know it sounds amazing because I talked to a thousand people and like put together something that is going to work for all of them. Okay. So that's a really good lesson in feedback, right? Like, so our product has become so much more salient and um, impactful because when we get negative feedback, we listen to it and we sit down and we take it to the table and we ask, all right, why did, that happen? Why did it happen this way? Or how could this have been better? Or how could this have been avoided or made more efficient or whatever it is? Um, and yeah, like when I think about what we had running even a year ago, I'm like, oh man, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but that was the beta product that brought us to the alpha product and now alpha is becoming alpha 2.0 i mean that's the only way it happens and i think that's i think that's the biggest thing um you know to really reinforce and hit home and, and what's constantly in our messaging and to ourselves it's like okay you've got to start somewhere and and improve on it um you know i'm thinking about a couple of participants who showed up in the beginning and they're like, I can't do social media. I can't do it. <laughs> and now they have, because I follow these accounts, you know, I see them, they're doing these amazing educational reels and there's this huge commu community building around them. And 
they have waiting lists like they, it's so they take this thing that they're so afraid of and they do the brave thing of kind of putting the muscle into it to see if they can change their relationship to the challenge and then it becomes it's almost like it's this weird way that the universe tests you it's like i'm gonna put this in front of you let's see what you do with it mm-hmm. and then check out the reward that comes you know it's like it's kind of it's kind of neat to see that that expansion yeah yeah, it's there's just been so many lessons on. Yeah, and it's just to to watch people's trajectory, for their growth, um, for their ability to take on new things, um, but I mean, just so many ways in which like this has really become a much more consistent operation, much more of a smooth operation uh, that we've kind of put together, right? And yeah, to get clear on working with people with their needs and their fears and getting to a better place um, after the course of months of working on this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the transformation that we see in people is, I mean, I'm like seeing all of these faces flash in my mind, like a movie reel of, it's almost like, this is going to sound potentially a little extreme, but this is how my brain works. It's like um, there are these photographers that have photographed veterans pre and post deployment. And you see this like really intense change Mm -hmm. in their faces. It's almost (laughs) like we do the reverse. Like we take this person who's the post deployment face and they look gaunt and scared and overwhelmed and they're in a total fear response. And then on the other side of the process, there's this change in posture and demeanor and self-respect and how people put themselves out there as a professional. And my question to that, and I don't know how we would ever be able to measure this, is how does that impact the quality of the work? And then how does the quality of the work impact the ripple effect that that relationship has on the individuals that they work with in the community that they're in? Like, it's got to be... It would be so cool to measure it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think you know at this point we've worked with hundreds of people, and we're working with more and more people every day, and the plan is to work with more and more people at scale. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's going to be huge. But again, we we're kind of talking about like we've had people who drastically increase their income in a couple of months. And then are in a position where they can have children, you know, and decide to have children, which they wouldn't have otherwise decided had they not made that income. Um, that's like, a, it's a very, very crazy thing that's on the other side of like feeling more empowered and making more money, you know, and like feeling more confident in the world. Um, yeah, we have like build your practice babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I was telling you, I, I was scrolling through Instagram and I see. One of our former clients is wearing our hoodie, you know, on a reel. And it was on my explore page. I was like, wait, that's oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so uh, cool. it's pretty amazing. Um, but, you know, you're right. It, it isn't, you know, even though I can't remember if we talked about this during recording or on the break, but it it's about the money because it has to be about the money because we live in a world where it's about the money. Mm-hmm. But it's not about the money. You know, it's like you know, the things that we hear, I'm spending more time with my family. I was able to take a week off and go be with my dad who has this illness, or, um, I was able to give my daughter this for her wedding, or, 
I, um, because I'm earning well, I opened up X amount of spaces to do pro bono work with people in my community. Or now that I have extra time, I joined a board. Or now I'm volunteering for a nonprofit. None of that stuff was being done when these people that we work with are like trying to breathe through a cocktail straw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Well, and I think something else that came up on the break, um, which I think is 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 a cool thing to circle back to, is um, what we talked about with that. Uh, you know, where does population change occur, and it and it occurs when all kinds of different people who see the world in all kinds of different ways can get on the same page, right? So earlier we were like, well, Elon Musk is one of those people where, despite being controversial, has has made incredible products in the world. And so you take all kinds of very disconnected groups, factions of people, and you put this thing in front of them and where you see that distance tighten is around the... Um, you know, the, the the desire to have that or to see it or have access to it or learn more about it. And I think that's something that happens at Build Your Practice, which is so cool for us to see, is we have a very diverse population of people that come through our offices or come through our product or our processes here that we teach, and they're from all walks of life. Um, but the community is built around a desire to change, a desire to improve, a desire to stay connected to a profession that's very near and dear to these people's hearts, and a desire to play a role in facilitating a shift. And I think that's, you know, I think that's super cool that when you can see like this huge patchwork quilt of humanity. So in our system, we're talking about clinicians cluster around this idea of recognition and building momentum around this idea that this process that we're in in education and in the field is not working and it's actually killing people right it's like really cool to see like right now we're talking about hundreds of people that we've worked with that's going to become thousands very soon that's going to become tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands and like what's that look like what is that going to look like you know Mm -hmm. it's going to look like a lot of responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But a lot of positive change and potential for um I think changing 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 lives and clinicians changing lives and yeah, like we talked about the ripple effect. Um and I think we, we talked about it already, but like, you know, the big thing for me that I've kind of been recognizing that we have the potential to do is to just build up other leaders, right? Uh, such a huge thing for me over the past you know year has been learning leadership learning what it means to be a good leader right endeavoring to be the best leader that i can but also what does that mean to try and pass that on to other people right and and i think part of my leadership style is trying to empower other people to become leaders for themselves in their own lives, but also for their own companies, right? And for anything that they can produce. Um, Because, you know, like that Elon Musk example, we were kind of talking about it. It's like, it is individual people 
who move society forward, right? Who decide that they're going to will something into existence. And that's how we have so many of the things that we have today. All the buildings, all the cities, all the, you know, things that we see around us. Somebody put those things in place. Somebody dreamed up those things, put together the team to go make that thing a reality. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the the job for us, but also for everyone that we work with is, okay, get to a place of, <laughs> sorry, my phone's ringing, get to a place of sustainability and success within your own life and then pass that on, right? And I, I feel like that's the ultimate I also think that's like, like very much ultimately a life well lived is where you can, you know, save yourself, then save others, then push on to a bigger and bigger swath of people. Yeah. Physician heal thyself. You know, I mean, it's like healthy providers create healthy populations. And what is so wrong in the field of healthcare right now is managed care, right? Your doctor gets 10 minutes with you and then he or she or they have to run on to the next patient. And so what's happening is there's an, an, I don't know if it's exponential, I don't know if it's an exponential increase, but a significant increase in providers in healthcare that are dying by suicide, rates of addiction, right? It's like, so like their mental health, their health is deteriorating. So like, I think about that from a nature perspective. Like if you saw the sickest plant, right? Um, stuck among all of the healthy plants. Well, what's going to happen? Most likely the disease of that plant, if it's the mother plant, right, are going to negatively impact the plants around them. Or if you have the sick mama ape, right, and then she's got the baby apes that she's taking care of. Well, the baby apes' health are going to be compromised. So what does it mean when our healers and our helpers aren't healthy? It's like not good for anybody. So I think this is one of those movements. And, and I see it happening in medicine too. We see doctors coming out of managed care and now they're setting up concierge medicine because they don't want to be told what to do and how to do this work that they've trained sometimes with a young doctor half their life to do you know or a third or whatever it is but mm -hmm. you know so I, I agree I think I think change happens at the population level and I think we're playing a role in that and I think it's really cool to you know just sit back and kind of look at what that looks like um, yeah we were talking about influence and you know our our endeavoring to become the best influencers that we can be um because it's a, not that i want to be an influencer or anything but it's i do uh i know you i know you want to be an influencer but it's because you know influencers are the ones who help to drive change you know and I think there's a lot of bad changes that influencers can drive. And I think there's a lot of good changes. But like the societal consciousness is very much pushed in directions by popular figures. Um, you know, it's and if we want to have better systems, we need to have the momentum by which to improve things, you know, and, and you know, I think a lot like a lot of what. I want to focus on in, in my career is how can I set up private entities that have incentive structures that are going to drive towards the necessary change. 
But in tandem with that, it's also like you talked about education at the base level. So people understand what's possible. They understand the challenges. They're problem aware of what the, the system is like right now, such that we can start to look at solutions. But um, we have to kind of, in some ways, rally the troops towards what's what's possible in a, in a you know a better a better situation that we can build well and i think that's what leadership is right it's um it's i think the fundamental of leadership good leadership or being an influencer whatever you want to call it is giving permission right and so you can give permission to people to shoot one another right and be violent or you can be a leader and give permission to heal a broken system and to empower someone to go out into the world and provide better for themselves and their family or to heal their trauma or to teach others how to be entrepreneurial for the greater good, you know? So I think that's one of the things that we kind of hear about at Build Your Practice is like that shame and guilt and fear that people have around asking for money and earning well. Nothing's going to get better if we just keep people at a survival mindset in, in population health. So, yeah, I mean, you want to be a leader, I want to be an influencer. But what we want to do is is give permission for improvement on a micro and macro level, like a, a holistic ripple effect. And I don't know, I can't find any reason why not to do that. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. Like, I just want to lift people up, you know? Um and I feel like like so much of this is connected to my athletic career of like feeling like I got pushed down a lot mm. um, is mm. it's it's the desire to like give more opportunity to more people. Right. Yeah. Um, and to be someone who does, you know, in a very real way, give and create opportunity for other individuals to, to succeed. Now, they still have to take the step forward and, you know, create that. Um but I, I, I really do think a lot about incentive structures and systems and ripple effects that come when, you know, when things are set up in a way where people can win. Like they're set up to win as opposed to set up to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, something you said triggered the memory, like this flashbulb memory of the university that I came from reaching out to me and telling me that they didn't support or want me going into private practice out of graduate school. And I think about how detrimental that could have been to, and and I know they don't, they didn't want anything bad to happen to me. They didn't want anything bad to happen to my kids, but how detrimental it is to to promote status quo, right? Like how negatively impactful it is to not promote innovation and to not put the support in place to help creative people thrive. Like almost like the kid who's selling candy on the playground who gets a detention rather than someone pulling that kid aside and saying like, hey, I don't know if you know this or not, but you have an entrepreneurial spirit, so we're going to teach you what that is and help you play with that in a way that's Mm -hmm. acceptable within the boundaries of this organization. And like, how many people out there feel squashed because we're so afraid to speak out about what's in place? 
I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like you look at the United States right now and it doesn't take much to look out among the sea of people and think like, oh, I don't think we're doing too well. So rather than feigning some kind of, you know, what's the word, you know, some kind of like freeze response to it, this is the part where I think people like you and me say, all right, well, like, let's roll. Let's figure out how to make this different and how to make it better. And I hope that that's part of our ripple effect as leaders and collaborators in this work together, because what is it going to look like if more and more people push back against that paradigm of anti-innovation? I don't know what else to call it. Just keeping us stuck in this cycle of sickness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 also fascinating, like, when people like you and I decide to take our own risks to go out into uncharted territory and, and try and build something new, um, what that does in terms of giving other people permission to do it as well, right? There's there's very much, I think, leadership in the doing the thing that you are saying that you want to do. It's a big thing we talk about with our participants. It's like practicing what you preach, right? It's like if you really want – if you really want – something to come into the world like be the embodiment of the thing that you want to see like if you want there to be action be taking action towards the direction that you want like don't be more of a doer and less of a talker Mm. and you'll you'll find that is what ends up creating the change that you want to see in the world I think that and also learning, um, you know, I can't take credit for this. I heard it on a podcast, but this guy was talking about, it was a money mindset podcast. And he was talking about every time money shows up in front of you, the universe is giving you a signal, right? That there's like permission for you to have money. So it's almost like every time there's something that applies toward a win or a goal, it's almost like the business, the universe, energy, whatever you want to call it, is giving you some kind of signal that the win is ahead to keep going. Um, And I think that, again, I think that's stuff that we don't teach instead of the quadratic equation. You know, it's like, come on in, sit down in this room, repeat back to me what I said, rather than really pay attention to the way that your mind operates with all of the stimuli that you're confronted with each day. Well, to wrap this up, this has been the 2023 (laughs) summit. There's a lot more uh, talking and doing to come before the next one. Oh, yeah, more action.